0: Hey now, welcome to Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan. In each episode, I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or digital. Before you listen to this show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next, so you have enough time to watch it. If you enjoy Random Movie Club, you can help keep it going by supporting us on Patreon. Supporters get special benefits like bonus episodes, patron-only events, giveaways, and more. Show your support for Random Movie Club and The Geek Generation by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. On this episode, I'll be discussing The Rocketeer with Booster Greg. Let's roll the film. The Rocketeer was released in 1991 from director Joe Johnston. Written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMayo. The film stars Billy Campbell, Jennifer Connelly, and Timothy Dalton. So, Greg. Mm, Rob. The first question that I ask all my co-hosts, why did you choose this movie? Um, I chose
1: this movie for quite a few reasons. One of them is I really needed a good excuse to rewatch it like a very very good one because i love this movie. Mm. This movie uh is is my childhood. A lot of people say like around our age Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sure. all of that. For me it was the Rocketeer and like i was really thinking about this after i watched the movie. This might be the earliest memory that i have. Like a wow. full intact memory where i saw it in theaters. I went home I ripped a po- off uh, my hockey helmet out of my bag, yeah. put it on, ripped apart my proton pack so it's just the back,
0: <laughs> and was
1: running around the neighborhood yelling I'm the Rocketeer and like singing the theme song in my head. I love that. It was uh, like hopping fences, all of that running as fast as my little legs could take me. Yeah. And it's not a lot of people like uh, especially where I work cuz they're a bit younger even know what this movie is. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I can rewatch this movie Talk to someone and I I feel like I knew you had seen it like maybe a while ago but at least once yeah and just get to nerd out about it
0: yeah yeah awesome well as I always do I uh scour IMDB for a whole bunch of trivia and there's some good stuff for this one not a huge list but some good stuff regardless so Billy Campbell who Mm -hmm. once studied commercial art made sure to read the Dave Stevens graphic novel on which the film was based He got the part after getting a haircut to make himself look identical to the character in the graphic novel.
1: That's my favorite bit of trivia.
0: of this whole thing. Uh, The decision to cast Billy Campbell caused mixed emotions amongst Disney executives. Joe Johnston and Dave Stevens believe Campbell was perfect for the role, but Disney wanted an A-list actor. Johnson eventually convinced Disney otherwise. Kevin Costner and Matthew Modine were the first actors considered for the role. When they both proved to be unavailable, Emilio Estevez, Bill Paxton, Dennis Quaid, and Kurt Russell auditioned for the part. Johnny Depp was Disney's favorite choice, while Paxton commented he came really close to getting the lead. Vincent D'Onofrio turned down the role.
1: That was like crazy to me because when i think of vincent d'onofrio i didn't know him as an actor back then right i only know him now as like kingpin and that crappy guy on jurassic world (laughs) oh and uh edgar from men in black like that's that's my vincent d'onofrio library or catalog Mm. and so i actually i googled uh vincent d'onofrio 1991 and then i looked at a picture different right i was like oh he's kind of pretty i can see that
0: i can see that now but that that was crazy I can't think of too many of his early roles. Obviously, he was probably a great actor then, Mm. even if he wasn't at the level he's at now, because he is next level now. Oh, yeah. Uh, During the fight scene, on board the Zeppelin, Cliff says to Neville, where's your stuntman now, Sinclair? To which Neville replies, I do my own stunts. This line is in reference to Timothy Dalton's time as James Bond, since he's known for being the only Bond actor to perform most of his own stunts.
1: Which is, like, kind of crazy that he wasn't bond for very long right no one movie yeah and he's the only one that did his own, i mean you know a 100 if yeah. he made another one maybe he wouldn't have done it who knows that's true but i only ever really think of him as a villain too so it's always crazy when someone's like oh yeah he was a bond i was like oh yeah good old t Dalton. he was a
0: bond yeah, yeah yeah he i mean he has a villain look he's like an yeah. evil james bond in every movie though so i guess it makes sense yeah, that's completely fair. <laughs> he's actually, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but he's such a creep in this movie. Oh, he really is. Oh, God. In the original graphic novel, Cliff Saccord's girlfriend is called Betty Page, mm. not Jenny Blake. Mm. Dave Stevens, the creator of the comic novel, based the character Betty Page upon his real life friend, 1950s pin-up girl, Betty Page. She would not allow her name to be used in the film, though.
1: Yeah. Something's got to get changed, I guess, at some point. Yeah. I just think it's kind of funny that they got Jennifer Connelly and they couldn't name her character anything other than Jen
0: or Jenny. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Sherilyn Fenn, Kelly Preston, Diane Lane, Elizabeth McGovern and Penelope Ann Miller were considered for the role of Jenny Blake as well.
1: It's just one of those. I can't picture anyone else being in this movie. No, it's just crazy when I'm reading all these names. To me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer
0: Connelly fits this movie so friggin well.
1: Right. Yeah. She has that look just like, that Lois Lane kind of
0: look mm-hmm. almost, which I really appreciate. Yeah, why is she not Lois Lane? Yeah, why is it Amy? Ugh. For real, come on, Amy! Don't just get at her. I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to go into
1: that. Right no, away. no,
0: that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, The original inventor of the Rocket Pack was 30s pulp novel hero Doc Savage, the Man of Bronze, in the comic book by Dave Stevens. However, because of licensing considerations, Disney did not seek permission from the copyright holder of Doc Savage and opted to substitute Savage with the flamboyant billionaire Howard Hughes. I like that it was Howard Hughes, though. Same. Same. And I like that it was John Locke from
1: Lost as Howard yes. Hughes. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Terry O'Quinn looks so different. <laughs> he looks so
1: like I was rewatching that. I watched this movie like maybe three years ago, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously after like all of Lost. or it's longer in that at this point. Jeez. Oh, world. Anyways. And I, he turns around. and does that Howard Hughes reveal. And I was like, who let you out of the hatch? Right. <laughs> Get back in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I, if I would like it as much if it was
0: Doc Savage. I agree. When Eddie Valentine and his gang learned that Neville Sinclair is a Nazi, they quit working for him and join up with the FBI agents against the Nazi thugs hidden in the shadows. This reflects the attitude of real-life American gangsters during this era, and that they did not like fascism, particularly because Benito Mussolini persecuted the Sicilian families back in the old country, nor did any Jewish mobsters like Adolf Hitler. In fact, organized crime was one of the biggest allies the American government and law enforcement had when it came to rooting out Nazi spies and collaborators. I love that fact. I love that bit of trivia. It's great.
1: It's just like it makes it more seem like the Wild West where like the government. I want to I want to see that movie where the government. No, that's going to be more like Suicide Squad. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to see that movie. But it, it, like I, I remember reading that and I was like, that's really cool. And when I saw this, like when I was watching it last night, I was like, I forgot about that part where he just turns around. and goes, wait a minute. You're a Nazi. No, mm-hmm. we don't.
0: We don't mess with those. I mean, it's not like he liked them to begin with right so it made the turn not much more believable anyway even without this fact but still this makes it cooler
1: i read somewhere i don't know if it was the trivia or was the wiki or what but that there was a deleted scene that explains more of paul servino's character eddie's like patriotism and they just cut it for time
0: yeah i mean it
1: works without it but it would have been
0: nicer to see a little bit of that yeah yeah Dave Stevens appears in a cameo as the man in the test flight movie who has the rocket pack strapped to his back. The Iron Man 2 scene is what I dubbed yeah. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically.
1: I was like, is that Hammer, Hammer Technologies? Hammer Industries making that? I
0: guess so. And then uh, last but not least, Joe Johnston's work on this film is what led to his hiring as director of Captain America, the first mm. Avenger. And the parallels are boundless.
1: <laughs> it's it's just crazy. It, it's... Such a similar film in terms of the tone and mm-hmm. like even like the I feel like the cinematography and like the post-production just it just feels like, like I wouldn't have been surprised if Steve Rogers just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And that or vice versa.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff even uh, character wise like PV is Tommy Lee Jones's character. Mm. Howard Hughes is Stark. Mm-hmm. Like they have a lot of the same things going on. It's so cool. But the feel of the first Avengers definitely similar in tone to this one. Oh, yeah. I can imagine Marvel going like, hey, we want the Rocketeer, but Captain America. I mean, who doesn't want the Rocketeer? Even even if
1: you haven't seen the movie, you really want the Rocketeer.
0: It's true. So uh, let's get into the movie itself. Let's do it. All right. So opens up in a cool way right away with that opening title credit transition as they open the hangar bay doors, which is I'm going to be biased, the best
1: opening because of that song. Yeah? Like, I just... Like, you have the credits, right? And you yep. have that song thing. So, fun fact. Uh, I wanted that song to be played at my wedding as my wife was walking down. And Wow, she you wouldn't. really
0: love this movie. Then. I really... So, like,
1: <laughs> I, li- I like the movie a lot. I love the movie. Yeah. But, like, the song just gives me the feels. Yeah. There's just something about the Rocketeer theme that is just, like... It's reminiscent. It's like the good old days kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And that opening where it's Cliff doing what he loves.
0: Mm.
1: And it, it actually, it kind of is reminiscent, too, of like a Hal Jordan-esque kind of scenario. Sure. Maybe because of the planes or whatever. And because uh, Cliff Secord kind of looks like Hal a little bit. But it, it's just that music plays at any point. And I just stop and I just listen.
0: Imagine now I want to see... Hal Jordan, Cliff Accord team up where they just talk shop for a while, Oh man. And then and then he the Rocketeer gets a ring and we get to see what that suit looks I mean, like. I was
1: just going to say, to be fair, the Rocketeer is
0: one Green Lantern Corps ring away from being the same character. Right. It's literally <laughs> the difference. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> uh, we see the chewing gum highlighted right away because it becomes a major plot point throughout the movie. Mm hmm. We get the uh, car chase towards the airfield. The cops and the FBI are chasing the thief. Uh, we get the gunfire taking down Cliff's plane. The thief stashes the rocket and replaces it with a vacuum. Yeah. And then the car explodes when it hits a gas truck, making the vacuum look like a plausible broken rocket.
1: I forgot how large explosions were in the early 90s mm-hmm. for action movies. They like, you, could, you, you could have a shopping cart like hit a pothole and it would explode and yeah. it would be that same amount of fire and
0: explosion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we learn that the rocket was designed and constructed by Howard Hughes in a quick little scene, and then Cliff finds the rocket stashed inside the cockpit of the plane, also leaving the picture of Jenny there at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I I just love. I'm going to say this throughout the whole podcast. I love Howard Hughes
1: in this yeah. movie. He is such a wisecracker. He doesn't <laughs> care. He's not intimidated by anyone. It's true. Like I just, I just love the portrayal and. The fact I haven't watched The Aviator in a while, mm. but I feel like I remember them having like similar speech patterns. And, you know, that is based off of an actual like real life person. Sure. And it's just like some words he said. I was like, oh, like Leo delivered it that way or similar that way. So that was really cool to me, too. That is cool. Yeah.
0: Hollywood actor Neville Sinclair has hired mobster Eddie Valentine and his guys to retrieve the rocket. Mm. And again, just kind of a quick setup there. So we know what's going on. Interesting scene neville's in charge but eddie's clearly eddie doesn't love working for this guy
1: well yeah so like they originally i think it was supposed to be joe pesci in the role too yes it was they, they wrote they wrote it for him yeah um and there are some parts where i look at it and i'm like mm, joe pesci probably would have been a little bit better but i do like how Paul ravino was just like i'm not taking your sh-. like i'm taking your shit but not by choice mm. and he, right away he definitely builds up that whole i don't even know what to call it like like a, a hate ship a friend a hate i can't yeah. combine hate ship and friendship
0: <laughs> see i feel like if pesci was valentine like sorvino comes across as a mobster yeah but like potentially with a good heart yeah okay yeah yeah i yeah. think pesci would have leaned a little more villainous yeah, pesci i think would have leaned a little more comedic i think that's also, also a possibility I, too yeah
1: I, I wonder how hard as uh, for a director that would be to be like just it straight just, <laughs> you're not you're not good fellas right now just say it straight please for the <laughs> love a god you no know, i i mean i definitely again i can't really picture except for a couple times with him any other actor playing any of these roles
0: mm. but yeah he
1: definitely has that like he's a likable mobster yeah and a lot of his guys were like that too
0: cliff and pv grab the statue and do the rocket test with I, it i love this scene it's a great scene it's such a Stupid, like, we're just gonna get a rocket that we don't know how
1: powerful it is. Yeah. We're gonna get a statue. We don't really, we kind of figure how durable it is. We're just gonna stake it into the ground and watch it go around in circles and hope for the best. It was the Mythbuster scene. It was so good. They also clearly did not plan a way to shut it off. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Which, which is surprise. Well, maybe not so surprising. Like, I've, I've thought a lot about PV as I was watching. Because when I watched this as first as a kid, Cliff was obviously my favorite character. Mm -hmm. He's the Rocketeer. He's got the jawline. He's got the girl. He's got like the cool job. He's got Mm -hmm. everything, right? But then rewatching this, I was I actually gravitated towards PV a lot more. Interesting, because he's just like he's kind of more of a wisecracker. He's super smart. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much he follows through in a lot of things. They don't really. Mm. We don't really see that as a character because they, they talk about Cliff jokes about failed relationships with him True. a couple of times. And I'm wondering if the fact that they don't think of a shut off, they don't really think of too, too much. Like he doesn't think of the helmet until the statue comes back. Like no one thought like putting a jetpack on your on you. She should have something <laughs> to protect your head. Right.
0: Well, they don't wear motorcycle helmets when they're driving around in this time either. So
1: that's fair but they also they wear protective headgear when flying a plane but it's not like a, it's not a helmet but it's still something like they were just gonna like strap that on and they do it a couple times too which is a miracle that his face doesn't get bashed in
0: (laughs) so they do the test it uh, miraculously finds its way back to them which is one of the most implausible things in the movie (laughs) because it could (laughs) have gone anywhere and it circles back around to them not even just falling down like yeah flying back toward them i keep
1: on trying to like head cannon that and i can't do it like no. i can i can like
0: wrap my head around quite a
1: few things that is not it's like how does it come like it's not attached to anything it's just gone it's just so they can have
0: that scene yeah. where off in the distance you see that is that a star oh no wait, it's red oh no oh god to me it would have made slightly more sense if it came straight down that the rocket was still on like head bombed into the ground oh sure yeah yeah but then you don't get that cool scene no <laughs> that's true <laughs> Uh, We meet Jenny next when Cliff picks her up to head to the movies, and then they go to the Bulldog Cafe for dinner. Jenny leaves upset when Malcolm mentions the airplane crash, which Cliff didn't mention to her. Yeah.
1: Well, I think what's really cool, too, just about the casting is Jennifer Connelly hadn't done too, too much Mm. up until. Like, this is probably, she's done not even 15 roles in total, at least on her IMDb page. And the only one that I looked at that was noticeable was The Labyrinth. That's the only one that jumped out at me. And though, like, I could be wrong, maybe the other ones, but I saw that and that was it. And like her performance just in, in here and the subtle nods she gives to Cliff and the look in her eyes and all of that stuff. Like, you know, right away just by meeting her that she's not going to be like a hundred percent damsel in distress,
0: Mm. that she's going to have a little bit about her. That's very true. Yeah. I have, I have a big point about that later on. Okay. Okay. Which, okay. oh, no, no, but you're absolutely right. I'm yeah. glad you, you mentioned that as well. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Jenny's performing as an extra on the set of one of Neville's films when Cliff shows up to apologize and accidentally knocks down a piece of the set. The accident <laughs> outrages Neville, who orders Jenny fired, even though that happening in modern times. Yeah. Or even back then, I don't know what the costs were. I'm sure like inflation, it's roughly kind of the same reaction that they would have. I think the penalty would be a lot more than just firing one person.
1: Well, like the funny thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it would just be like, you fire that person, you fire whoever got her on the set. Like you fire everyone within her vicinity. You send a message, right? Like that's, I feel like how the Hollywood went at that point. What cracked me up the most with this scene is it was take 30 something. It was like a, a lot of takes and they do it all in one shot. And the yeah. one that, and most of it, they lead you to believe is the, uh, the damsel's delivery of the line. Cause they say like she's wooden. She's horrible. Right. She's someone's second cousin or something like that. Yep. So she finally delivers it solid and then Cliff knocks down a wall. Yep. It was just wonderful.
0: The, the one thing about that scene that jumped out to me is they really didn't need that is where the guy he was sword fighting with gets stabbed. I think. That was
1: a little bit of foreshadowing to like make you a little on edge about good old t okay. I, I That's the only thing I can think of. Because you're right, it doesn't really... Doesn't serve a He function. doesn't kill the guy. The guy's no. alive, right? But I think it was meant, and maybe... Like, it worked for me a little bit, and maybe it doesn't work for a lot of other people, where it's just like, this guy isn't just Mr. Hollywood. Mm. This guy is more sinister than what you're thinking.
0: I mean, they already showed him talking with the mob. That's true. So... Well, <laughs> We don't know like the full extent of
1: what he's in as well. No, because he does true. try to pull that a little, a little later, where he's like, "Oh, they have me too." And it's yeah, like, eh, you stabbed the guy the first, second time I saw you. See, I I
0: even just thought it was an accident.
1: I don't think it was. I I think that he thought the other guy was outstaging him, just like the that actor like said. He goes, "He's the guy was." Yeah. yeah, he thinks he's like, "Do you think I was upstaging you or something?" And he's just like, <laughs> he gives him like a little like look, and he's hmm. like, "Yeah, you'll be fine.
0: Get out of here." Neville overhears Cliff talking to Jenny about the rocket, and he invites her to dinner to find out more. For having a rocket pack in the 30s, they go
1: announcing it to everyone they possibly can. Yeah. like It's no secret. Like the press is like the rocketeer and like all this. And, and it's just like everyone around them knows it's Cliff mm-hmm. and knows PV is helping him. And he goes to a Hollywood set with extras film crew like actors actresses everything around he's just like i found a jetpack in your shot of like a nazi it's like oh
0: man come on the next part is the air show uh the stunt show cliff hasn't shown up for work yet at the air show and malcolm tries to cover for him by going up in his plane malcolm Mm. hasn't flown in over 20 years and the plane starts to have problems so cliff runs to get the rocket this is the coolest part. It is very cool. Before he goes up, PB grabs Cliff's gum out of his mouth, which is such a weird scene, but it's funny, and sticks <laughs> it to the rocket for good luck.
1: That scene, it's so odd and awkward, but it like really solidifies if you weren't sure what their relationship was, yeah, in terms of how like good buddies they are,
0: mm-hmm. like it
1: takes a lot. Like I don't think I would even reach into like one of my good friend's mouth and take <laughs> no. the gum out of it. No. But like he does. He's like, give me that, here you go, good to go. Yeah. Beat it.
0: The alternative, I mean, would be him taking the gum out of his own mouth and putting it in pv's hand which is also awkward yeah so this yeah. is funnier
1: well it's it's also again like the relationship where pv is definitely like the older brother type totally. always looking out for him and i you really get that sense of he's also in charge mm-hmm. like cliff goes off and is, is hot-headed and, and does things that pv like tries to not get him to do but you can tell like before this he would listen the majority of the time. True. Unless, unless Cliff could do a really cool stunt. And then Cliff would do this
0: cool stunt. <laughs> Cliff flies up to grab Malcolm out of the plane before it crashes and drops him yes. in safely into an airbag, not without the crowd witnessing the entire thing.
1: So for me, this is the first real special effects yes. that we see. Yep. I watched, so I watched this movie twice in preparation. I watched it once on my phone, mm-hmm. which has an OLED screen. Okay. And I watched once on my 1080p 32-inch. Okay. I didn't get to watch it on, like, the big, big screen. It mostly held up the special effects for me.
0: Same. I watched it on my computer uh, one of the times, and I also watched it on a, like, 55-inch television. Yeah. And I was shocked how well the effects hold up. When someone says, you'll believe a man can
1: fly, like, I know that's a Superman Superman tagline, but, like, I think of this, too. Yeah. Because... Like when they when they do a close up, it looks kind of funky. You can kind of see the green screen kinda of mm-hmm. going on. But like when he's just out in the distance and he's doing loop-de-loops and all of that, I was like, that just looks amazing. and the smoke is following him. Yes. And oh, just, they did it for nineteen was it nineteen ninety one? Surprisingly they, well. Well, it's just crazy. I mean, it's Disney money too. So Yeah, still, but Like they did a very, 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 very good job. And I remember when I watched it a couple of years, whenever that time was when I rewatched it, and I remember thinking, wow, this still looks good. And I was really kind of hesitant because every time I think that I'm like, oh, it's going to look horrible. Please don't Mm. look horrible. And I just- Surprisingly well. I almost tried to go look for that proton pack. Not going (laughs) to lie. Strap it on again.
0: Strap it on again. When talking to the press, Bigelow dubs the Flying Man as the Rocketeer. Yeah. Get the superhero name. It's that,
1: um, uh, don't say Peter Griffin moment from the family guy. It's like, he's like looking around. What do I say? Oh, right. And he sees
0: pioneer outside.
1: Rocket pioneer. Rocketeer. Rocketeer. Yeah. yeah, guys like that? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's such a cool name.
0: The FBI go to Bigelow's and find him dead, but see that he's written down the address to PV's house. Hmm. Um, I, I kind of skipped over like the, uh introduction of lothar because that's such a quick scene he sees the guy in the hospital and that's where we first see lothar and the the prosthetic head going on that just reminded me of a dick tracy villain
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean if you if you have seen dick tracy and you've seen this and you don't think of that i don't know there's connections missing in your brain or something because totally even like as a kid i just like dang that's not the guy from dick tracy no but it looks kind of like his older grumpier brother maybe it was an interesting choice to do that. Yeah. Well, that, that guy was a basketball player for the Seattle Supersonics, if I'm not mistaken.
0: That's the only bit of sports trivia I'll ever know in my life. <laughs> sports ball. Until we start talking Space Jam. Hey, uh, Space Jam. Uh, the FBI shows up next and Lothar kills one of them through the door. And then the FBI just unload on yeah. the house. And my yeah. first thought was, these are the worst FBI agents. If a couple of shots from in the house just has them unload all their ammo into it and not have some sort of precise like scalpel approach to like dealing with this situation worst fbi agents
1: i i feel like they just got like the fbi flunkies on the job for this Mm -hmm. one because they make the worst decisions ever like even in the very very beginning they're just like oh we're just gonna run these guys off the road and keep on shooting and oh geez the cops are in the way like yeah they're mad at the cops for being in the way that scene didn't make sense to me because I forgot those guys were FBI's, by the way. I know we're right. checking out a little bit, but they're just like, oh, I wish these damn black and whites would get out of the way. Right. And then he does. He says, careful what you wish for. And I was like, why would you say
0: that? You they're want also them. dressed identically to the mobsters. So the yeah. whole time there there needs to be some better visual separation between the two, in my opinion. I wonder if there wasn't, though, in that time period. Maybe not. But like even something as subtle as like the FBI guys don't wear hats. Right. Yeah. I could see that just anything to separate it because it was so, so identical. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Neville brings Jenny to dinner at the South Seas Club to get Mm. information about the rocket from her. Mm -hmm. And uh, W.C. Fields was hilarious, even though super creepy at the same time. I just like the characterization that the guy played of him, the voice was great, but the friggin' this is one of the weirdest quotes I've ever heard in a movie. When he sits down, he's like, my little kumquat, I'm fully prepared to listen to your life story. I was like, what? You creepo. Here's the thing about Neville Sinclair. He says, he lays on thick all of the lines that he learned from
1: movies and hopes that the girls will not pick up on it. Right. Right. He is the slimiest, and like, Timothy Dalton, like, love him. Great guy. Like, he even looks slimy. He's got that, like the Howard Stark like mustache going mm-hmm. on and like he even says what was he say it's like um oh he's like oh let's go dance and she's like well i don't hear any music
0: he's like he's i like, do
1: really that's all i hear baby and i'm like yeah. shut up you're <laughs> the worst i hate you you're so much you're such a stereotype <laughs> you're such a stereotype i'm really glad you're a nazi so i can hate you even more <laughs> it's wonderful the, so the one thing i want to do this i found out this little bit of trivia sure. And I remember I was talking to you earlier. I was just like, oh, yeah. We're, 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 so, anyone, anyone – I'm going to blow the mind of anyone who has seen The Office right now. The lounge singer at the Seaside Club when you watch this mm-hmm. is Jan from The Office. So, she's Michael Scott's boss who he okay. ends up having an affair with. And I had to go digging because I, I was watching it and I was like, she looks really familiar. And I couldn't place it. So, I ended up going on to the Rocketeers like IMDb page and I just like went through all of the casting and she's like right at the bottom there. And I tap on her name and it was just like, oh, The Office. Because, you know, wow. IMDb like has that like, you might know her from this.
0: It's like, oh, Jan from The Office. Cool. I've not seen The Office, so that falls on me. But I'm sure somebody out there is like, boom. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, yeah. future you, if
1: you ever watch The Office, will be like, oh, yeah, that's a launch singer from Rocketeer. I'll work in opposite form, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's ultimately Neville Sinclair
0: is a super creep. Cliff and Peavy are hiding out at the Bulldog Cafe when any of these guys show up asking about Cliff. I enjoy mm-hmm. the scene a bit, too. Uh, yeah. No one gives them any info, but one of them sees Jenny's phone number on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has the photo of Jenny that was still in Cliff's plane. He finds mm-hmm. out that Jenny is at the South Seas Club with Neville and Cliff overhears him talking about it. So he's like, oh, crap. Now I got to go save her. The yeah. fight breaks out and a bullet goes through the ceiling, which I'm glad they illustrated because yep. they they do like give a quick cut mm-hmm. to the bolt that went through so we're not like oh how did this happen mm-hmm. um it puts a hole in the rocket and then PV patches it up with the dried gum that was mm-hmm. still stuck to it which is out of the whole movie it's the thing that still bugs me is that
1: the one part like like in so far you can suspend your disbelief up, yeah. up until gum
0: on a rocket ship yeah like i know i it, there's 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 like two or three things in the movie that are just like well oh, i don't know meanwhile yeah. we're watching a movie about a man flying around in a rocket pack but <laughs> but i buy that like that's what they're selling me on I've, i'm i'm into steering it.
1: it with his head fin by the yeah, way yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's when they put the uh the gum on the pack even as a kid i was like i don't know about that <laughs> yeah yeah i i can
1: see that this scene for me uh, I was talking about earlier how, like, I thought the mobsters were also kind of okay, even though they're kind of giant dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this scene kind of further illustrated that, where usually when I, at least when I was a kid, I remember mobsters being dumb. They're all just mm. dumb, right? Even when you watch, like, you watch the Spider-Man cartoon or you read the comics, like, you don't really care about the mob. Like, you really want the supervillains, and they're all, like, the mob is just dumb to be dumb. Sure. This was a little bit different, because they all kind of act dumb, and they're being, you know, like, Tommy Toughnuts, and, like, breaking the pies and the coffee and making mm-hmm. the bad jokes. But there was a moment where the lieutenant or, like, the main guy in charge is just like, I don't like what's going on here.
0: Like, I don't trust
1: any of this. And I was like, oh, they're not dumb. They're not idiots. They're piecing things together because they see the picture of Jenny. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to realize that, like, well, Neville is on a date with Jenny. Mm -hmm. So why aren't we asking her where Cliff is? Why are we here? Right. Right. And they're realizing, yeah, this isn't kosher. So that scene for me, and it was really cool because I think he's like he took a, like a drag of a cigarette and like the smoke came out. I was like, I don't like what's going on here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but the, the gum thing too was just like, yeah, okay, I know gum is an integral part of the story, and ultimately, what's going to happen is going to be thanks to the gum. But still, it serves its
0: purpose. I just yeah. don't. Know, I don't know if there was any other way to do it that no. makes sense. But yeah, so it's fine. Like, yeah. I've accepted it. It was just the thing that, like, as a kid, I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I'm okay with him crashing into the bottom of the plane and not his neck not sure. Snapping, <laughs> sure. I guess I'm okay with gum patching yeah. a rocket. Yeah. It's true.
0: Cliff arrives at the club and impersonates a waiter, leaving Jenny a message to meet him. When she does, he informs her that she's in danger and needs to leave. Very smooth way of pulling that off, too.
1: <laughs> He's... He was so slick in this where he like spill. He's mad at Neville and he's kind of like annoyed at Jenny. He's getting a little jealous and he spills the soup and Neville's like, is this your first day or something? He goes, no, I waited on you last week. And he (laughs) knows that Neville doesn't really look at the help ever. So Neville's like, all right, fine.
0: I love everything in this scene. There's so much going on. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Jenny gets the opportunity to basically lecture Cliff without him being able to respond.
1: Oh, it was so it was so smart on her part, too. And mm-hmm. the the acting on that, too, was crazy because she was very, like, in love at first. And mm-hmm. she's talking about, like, yeah, he's kind of knucklehead, but he's my knucklehead and yep. all of that. And all of a sudden he shows up and she's like, this idiot crashed a plane <laughs> when he could have landed it. Yeah. And it just like it, it was like a subtle shift. And then all of a sudden it was just like pedal to the metal kind yeah. of deal. It was so it was so well done I loved it
0: and then she goes and meets him and I like this part too which is okay. kind of breaking the superhero trope of them doing the big identity reveal yeah he's like I'm the Rocketeer and she's like the Rockahoo the Rockahoo <laughs> I love I like, that don't you read the paper no I've been working all day <laughs> it's, so <laughs> it's so good so good supposed to be like a big moment for him and she's just yeah. like I don't know what you're talking about
1: well also too like the funny thing a lot of superhero uh movies do this like Thor one for example mm-hmm He's known Jane Foster for 3 days and now they're madly in love and she's crying over his dead body. Sure. He's been the rocketeer for a stunt. Yeah. Right? Like he they, people only know him on a plane show in that area and he's just like I'm the rocketeer. No one like a couple people there are, if you sure, but like outside of like LA, no mm-hmm. one knows who you are. True. Guaranteed.
0: Neville finds the note floating in Jenny's soup and Cliff catches him talking to Eddie's men. They chase Mm. after Cliff, who grabs the rocket and makes a scene inside the club flying around. And uh, this isn't the only time it happens in the movie. I feel like he spends as much time flying around the sky as he Mm -hmm. does holding on to things and propelling them. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Well, this scene I was reading was supposed to be like better and longer. and, And they just ran out of money. Yeah, essentially. It was enough, though. It was enough. I would have preferred less, actually. I would have wow. preferred, to uh, let your imagination do it. Okay. So, kind of like my favorite episode of Justice League Unlimited, The Greatest Story Never Told, where you never mm-hmm. actually see the big fight, but you see the remnants of it. Right. I would have preferred something like that, where if you see it outside and Jenny's, like, trying to peek in, and all of a sudden, like, a dude goes flying on, like, a food tray out of there. And,
0: and it's very, like, Looney Tunes style. With yeah. With, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that working. That yeah. would have
1: been really cool. Instead of, and like, the effects in that weren't the greatest. Like, whenever he's flying inside, it just doesn't have that same majesty. No, it
0: doesn't. So, I don't know. It's not as cool anymore. He's just kind of hovering around. It's
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hovering is not as cool as flying. No. No. Uh, the commotion gets Jenny's attention, who looks inside, and instead of leaving, goes back into help, which is stupid. adding to, it's stupid, but it's adding it, to uh, how cool Jenny is.
1: It, it's, yeah, it is true. I mean, even though it leads to her getting kidnapped yeah. it's it's her personality it's yeah it's she's not gonna stand by the wayside she's not gonna take crap from anyone mm-hmm. she is gonna go in and investigate and try to see if she
0: can help at one point when cliff is trapped in the net and lothar has a gun on him jenny knocks him out so it's a good thing she went back And that's true cliff flies away and jenny tries to escape but this is where neville captures and chloroforms her uh the chloroform like they do the the like napkin or whatever mm-hmm. over her face and if people have seen movies many times, we get that they're doing a chloroform thing. The yeah. one thing that I missed in that scene is her like doing the slow eye close. Because mm. she's her eyes are just perfectly open the whole time and then they cut. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I, never yeah. Really, I didn't catch that.
0: Because normally they have a person like pass out from the chloroform fairly sure. quickly. Well, like
1: the the cut was so, it was such a cool cut too. Yeah. Because it goes from that to her waking up,
0: right? Yep. Pretty much.
1: And it just, it's, it just looks cool because there's like a lot of action, a lot of things going on. All of a sudden she's just dark yeah and so that's probably from her point of view that's true like she probably doesn't remember her eyes closing probably so the next thing she knows she's just in a creep's bed oh my
0: god (laughs) and uh jenny wakes up in neville's house and sees him exiting a door behind a bookcase before he comes in she pretends to be unconscious again Yeah, smart move. He wakes her up and tries to convince her that he's being blackmailed and acting against his will. She plays along until she has the opportunity to knock him out with a vase, which is very comically done. Like he does the pause. before he falls. It was so smooth. I'm just going to
1: say this. This is just my opinion. But if you're on a date or you're in a room with a guy Mm -hmm. and he can guess your dress size just by looking at you, (laughs) get out. There's nothing good is going to happen of that. That's just so skeevy to me. That's a good point. It was such a quagmire move.
0: I also really like that when she wakes up and he offers her something to drink, which came across super weird. She doesn't actually drink it, which is awesome. Like yeah. some, I I was waiting for her to, because I didn't remember really right. this part a ton, and right. she doesn't. I was like, yeah, why would you? Yeah. Like this guy just drugged you. Why would Get you? Here. Why yeah. would you do that? And I I didn't buy for a second that he was like, I'm being blackmailed, too, because he just chloroformed her and said that line in the snarkiest way of like, our evening's just beginning. Hmm. Like, come on now.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, if, if you pull out those lines where it's just like, one day, Jenny, I'll look into those eyes and drown and never
0: be saved. <laughs>
1: like you're, you're, you're far beyond that at this point, dude. Like yeah. he's, he
0: tries it so many times, too. And she picks up on it because she oh, yeah. knows movies so well.
1: And then she has that really cool uh, moment after she knocks him out. Right. Mm-hmm. Where she's just like, finally, I did a scene with Neville Sinclair. I love that line. And the way she zips her side up mm-hmm. was just such a like an attitude. Just like, yeah. I'm a badass.
0: Yeah. So cool. And and we've been kind of like dancing. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we've been yeah. dancing around it a little bit. So I don't think this movie comes to mind for people when they're thinking about strong female characters. No, it doesn't. But absolutely. I would would hundred percent put Jenny Blake into that category, especially oh. in nineteen ninety one when strong female character was not like a thing. Yeah, that people were focusing on. Because she is far from a typical damsel in distress in this movie. Yeah. Yes, she gets kidnapped. Yes, she's a plot point to get Cliff to go after her. But in almost every instance, there's something she does to protect herself or help out the situation in Cliff's favor. Absolutely. So she's not just an objective here.
1: She is very akin to, like we said, Lois Lane or April O'Neill. Sure very similar where yeah like things happen but like they happen for a reason and it ultimately works out like if if she never got kidnapped she would never have the proof that a neville sinclair was a nazi right because she is the one who like stumbles into that room and finds the radio and tries to help and realizes germans on the other end
0: right right and even though she gets kidnapped yeah she works her way out of that situation oh yeah yeah and and again like Showing the courage that she has, like going back in the club instead of leaving right away and just sneaking out, she snoops around and finds the secret room, discovering that Neville is in fact a Nazi spy.
1: So she's—it's just such such a good character and such great casting. Mm -hmm. It it just it couldn't couldn't have gone better.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, anyways. I agree. Yeah, Neville and Lothar catch her in the act of uh, discovering the secret room and everything. Mm Uh, Cliff returns to the Bulldog Cafe and gets a call from Eddie, who asks him to meet them with the rocket and make an exchange for Jenny
1: and is really mean to a little girl. Yeah, that caught me off guard, but he catches it right away. Right. But he was so mean, he's just like, no, shut up, you. Yeah. And uh, I tried to look up who that actress was, and that guy couldn't find anything. But then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, "Whoa, this guy's got a little bit of a temper. OK. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's been through a lot really in a very short amount of time. That's very fair. Yeah. Probably hasn't slept. No. The FBI catch him there and take him to Howard Hughes, where PV already is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know if they had a pre-existing relationship or if they were just bonding over their kind of shared genius.
1: They're very similar. Yeah. Like, they had a very Mr. Fantastic Iron Man kind of thing going on. They're both super smart. They both can, like... Keep up with each other. And actually, PV is a little smarter, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Yeah. Because PV is my homeboy now. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Arkin is like, I i know he's in a lot of things. I don't like a lot of the things that he's in. It's just not my taste. Okay. This is my favorite performance that he's done. He crushes done. this role. It's made for him. Like, I yeah. can't picture like literally anyone else doing this. Yeah. Like, it is so good. Chowderhead. He calls everyone a chowderhead a lot. <laughs>
0: Hughes shows him footage of a German rocket experiment along with a propaganda film revealing their plans of mass producing the rocket to create flying Nazi soldiers. I always liked that propaganda film, like the fact that they have like the Disney animation there, but it's all Nazis. It was better animation than what was going on at, at like cartoons
1: in that point.
0: Yeah. Nazis hired some high budget animators. <laughs> Cliff asks to use the rocket one more time to save Jenny before handing it over. During their conversation, he also figures out that Neville is the Nazi spy they're referencing. He makes a run for it and flies to the exchange site where Neville and Eddie's men are waiting for him.
1: This is like after this part is my Mm -hmm. favorite stills, I'll call them, I guess.
0: Okay. so when he lands, I know one that's coming up for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing.
1: But when he lands and they have all of that smoke kind of coming oh, i wish yeah. they did a closer up of that and the smoke like around him agreed or that would have been so cool nowadays if they
0: did that they would have done a hero landing
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely and I, that's yeah. what i was looking for yeah right i actually i would be looking for all smoke and he like comes out of the smoke oh my god is what i would
0: have been looking for that would have been amazing
1: and, and his body language here and this is like kudos to billy campbell yes changes immediately because so far he's been kind of lax kind of like loosey-goosey and yep. like you know he's kind of like a flyboy. At this point, this, he knows the stakes are on the line. He is just determined and set and he's going to get Jenny. Yep. And the way he takes off his helmet and he doesn't break a gaze with Sinclair.
0: And his shoulders are square the whole time. He yep. is. He's rigid. He's confident.
1: Oh, man. It was just so it like I got like the tinglies. I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is great. And it's. it's like, I've watched a couple of Billy Campbell things, like, since this movie, because mm-hmm. he's been in, like, the 4400. He was in uh, The Killing. And he was really good acting in all of yeah. those And completely different characters. And this one, like, the acting on him is, was a little wooden, in my sure. opinion. Like, not the greatest. But at this point, I'm like, oh, he brought out the big guns for this one. He went yeah. to acting school in between takes on this one, I can tell.
0: Well, he spent the majority of the movie flailing, and this is where he's That's finally, right. like, the yeah. rocketeer.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that was just like I I I actually I watched that scene probably five times last night and four times today on the second wow. watch. I was like, it's just so cool.
0: It is really cool. Yeah. When he realizes he's outnumbered, he exposes Neville as a Nazi and mm-hmm. Eddie turns on him. Neville summons soldiers that were in hiding to turn the tide as a Zeppelin flies in overhead, and then mm-hmm. the FBI pops up and the gunfight begins. So it was just like layers building yeah, up of but like <laughs> I was thinking about this. Yeah. How many FBI agents do you
1: think there really were? Because we've only met like five.
0: True. I don't know if it was a crazy amount, but I think the spotlights kind of hid their numbers. I
1: wonder how much of a bluff it was like it's really true. thinking back on it because you don't see too many you see just a lot of suits you don't know who's a gangster and who's an fbi
0: yeah again we didn't really have a good visual distinction between the two so even we didn't know i
1: like to think that there are way more nazis
0: but the nazis just like freaked out because like oh bright lights we don't like that and the nazis are like stormtroopers and their aim is awful
1: yeah oh man everyone's aim is horrible <laughs> does anyone
0: actually get shot in this movie no the gunfire is uh does someone get shot but i don't think we see it the guy in the back of the car yeah in the beginning but since yeah. then there's a lot of so. gunfire, and no one actually really gets shot. That I can. That's think a of. Disney movie. That's fair. It is very cartoony. the The action scene here and the gunfire, because it's all ridiculous. Nobody's aiming at anyone. Everyone's yeah. just blasting Tommy guns all over the place. <laughs> Nobody's getting hit. It's it's funny, yeah. but I enjoy it. Yeah. Neville and Lothar grab Jenny and head to the Zeppelin. So Cliff will bring the rocket to them to save her. Of course, he pursues. And then we get the shot in front of the American flag, which is still. That's yeah, that's the other one. Good Lord, still holds up with the gun up and he looks over and it's just, oh, it just takes off. I lo- It's a subtle thing. I can see people doing that now and having the gun like held up in front of him. But the fact that he has it like across his chest and he's holding it backward. Well, almost, he
1: reloads and, it at first and then he yeah. like pulls it back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, like, having his head out in front just kind of fits him better.
1: Based on what I was reading, Dave Stevens, who's, like, the creator of The Rocketeer, had a lot of say in this, I think. He did. He was a producer. Yeah, yeah. So, I wonder if he was just, like, this is the shot. This is, like, the splash page, essentially. And. It was subtle, but also not subtle at the same time. And yeah. I loved it. It was so cool.
0: I loved it. I yeah. love that shot still. It's the thing that I think of when I think of this movie is that shot.
1: Oh, see, I, I always think of that the first scene where he straps on the pack and he saves okay. um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Malcolm. Him. Malcolm. He saves Malcolm. That's what I always remember. And that's like or when he like gives the uh, salute or there was a thumbs up to the plane and he actually sure. turns off his sure. rocket.
0: <laughs> think of that too. As Cliff enters the Zeppelin, Neville grabs Jenny and demands he hand over the rocket. And he does, but not before removing the gum that was plugging up the hole. Mm, This is where it all comes through, folks. (laughs) Neville fights Cliff and Jenny finds a flare gun, which she fires at him. Not clever. (laughs) Not clever. No, no. Uh, It causes a fire in the Zeppelin. So Neville grabs the rocket and takes off, but dies in a fiery explosion as the fuel leaking out of the rocket causes it to ignite within Mm -hmm. what an interesting uh shot with him coming directly at the camera in a ball of fire yeah oh yeah that and like the fire
1: looks great too it does that was crazy
0: yeah man surprisingly good 1991 good year for effects hughes and pv show up in a plane and grab cliff and jenny from the zeppelin before it explodes which concludes the last of the scenes that i was like
1: ah, i don't mm. know yeah yeah and so like i was watching that and i was like i legitimately did not remember how they got out of that same so i was like what's gonna happen what's gonna and i'm like they they come flying through like tails at the end of sonic 3 and i'm like yeah. okay yeah. fine i guess We got to get off. And that's
0: also how Hollywood land became Hollywood. Yes, that's true. (laughs) At least in this canon. In this canon, yeah. Back at the Bulldog Cafe, Hughes shows up in a new plane to chat with Cliff. Before Mm -hmm. he leaves, he tosses Cliff a pack of gum as someone reveals Cliff's name on the plane. I love the name reveal. Yeah. It's done so well.
1: That whole end scene is just such a good, like the lighting is on point. Mm-hmm. The reveals are on point. Just every, even like uh, PV where Cliff and Jenny are smooching and he's like, oh, look at these plans. We could just go ahead and do. And he notices they're not paying attention. And then he goes, hey, hey, buddy, look <laughs> at these plans over here.
0: Talk to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. So they're clearly suggesting here that because Jenny saved those plans from the uh, secret room. Yeah. Gave him to PV, that he's going to rebuild, even though he's been against the rocket the entire time. Mm -hmm. Now he can build his own. It's not like they're stealing a rocket from somebody else. Yeah. He's just going to build one for them. So they were clearly thinking sequel. But then when the movie didn't do
1: as well. Well, they were planning for three movies, planning for a trilogy. And Jennifer Conley was only signed on for two. Oh, so I don't know if they were going to like skip the second one or maybe like kill her off or I don't know what, but actually, so this is kind of a little bit of thing. It's, this is super coincidence what I'm about to say. Sure. So when he ditched his jet pack in the Seaside Club mm-hmm. in the laundry bag, right? And he yes. goes back to get it. Yep. There's a bag on a laundry bag that's clearly identified as number 2019. Okay. Supposedly next year. Is when the sequel reboot is going to start beginning for oh. the Rocketeer. I just found that like the glitch in the Matrix interesting.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that they were actually. I remember something vaguely about it, but I didn't yeah. know it was actually moving forward.
1: Well, like I've I looked on the IMDb page. And I don't know if it just hasn't been updated, but it says like 2019 pre production or something like that. Okay. So they have their plot down. I know that. And the plot is it's seven, six or seven years after the events of the Rocketeer. Okay. And it follows, um, a black woman, I think, who has the rocket, who is looking for
0: him. Who's okay. Looking for a Cliff, who's been, uh, kidnapped by Nazis. I wonder if it's, be- so they just rebooted Rocketeer in the comics. Mm. And it is a woman. Okay. And I don't know if that's what they're basing it on or not, because that know. actually just happened Taste within the last waters. few months or so. Maybe I don't know, but I found that super interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Because my next question to you was going to be, yeah, do you think it's time for? Yes.
1: Always. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. A thousand times yes. I want a Rocketeer too. I don't want a, re- a reboot at all. Same. Same. I don't want it to be within the same generation or two of cliff. Like I would love to see it in like the eighties or maybe the nineties and kind of see how that goes. Cause I, I think that the rocketeer is such a good way of showing the thirties and all of those movie tropes and like all of that really cool stuff that like Mm -hmm. gives you the warm and fuzzies. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to be six years down the road. I want to see way down the road. I want to see like, maybe a kid finds not kid but like someone finds the
0: rocket interesting
1: i, I want to see way down the line
0: i almost want to see a 50s one okay just because i love having the rocketeer set in the past yeah. the 50s has such a nice aesthetic that i think it would fit into well yeah well
1: i think i think the 80s
0: it, they could me. totally do 80s yeah 80s
1: work really well yeah the closer we get to like <laughs> the closer to get to now the more Realistic it is that a jetpack exists.
0: Right. And yet we still don't have jetpacks. So yeah. they could do a modern day one and it's still sci fi.
1: Yeah. But I think it, it would lose that charm. I think so. I think, I think that someone would just invent it. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, that's a really cool movie. I'm going to make this now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it, maybe now I'm thinking about it, the 80s at the latest and it's like, maybe someone's relative and the the jetpack is like hidden away and somehow through the miracle of sign still works but it has to have the gum. <laughs> That's the stickler.
0: Uh so, yeah. Is there any kind of final things you want to say about the movie before we wrap up?
1: Really this movie with the music and just the cues and and how it was shot is just wonderful. And I hope that The world will just embrace the Rocketeer again. And there's more movies or even like a TV show or a cartoon or something or an anime. I don't care. Something. Give me something. Because even though this left on a nice little bow, Mm -hmm. I want more. I
0: need more. Yeah all right uh so then before we go please tell people uh where they can find you on the internet what else you do
1: yeah so um you can find me uh in a couple different places uh number one being twitch.tv forward slash booster greg where i do uh twitch streaming i play games i got my new ipad for drawing so i've been doing some creative streams i have a new segment now that's called into the toy box where i have a pile of toys that i haven't opened yet and i roll a d6 and it figures out what i'm going to open so i open it on stream. Oh, cool. I also uh, host a podcast on Thursday nights at twitch.tv forward slash bad funky with a ragtag group of similar minded individuals uh, where you've been on a couple times. I have. It's a good time. We we keep up with the latest and greatest news and nerd and geek culture. And we, we just kind of, you know, make fun of each other and tease each other and bond over memories. It's great. It's a good time.
0: Yeah, I recommend everybody do all those things. And uh, thank you for joining me. It was yeah. very welcome to rewatch this movie. It was one that, again, I, I, I love doing this show because unless you give me a specific reason to watch something yes. again, sometimes it's just not time. And I was very happy to rewatch this. Yes. this Like I
1: said, like at the beginning, this has been sitting in my library for a very long time. And I was just like, you know what? This and you were like, oh, I want to be in a random movie club. I was like, yes, and I know the movie, and I have the next movie too.
0: <laughs> Just will we'll, we'll, will will go over that off air so we don't spoil we'll, up. I'm not gonna spoil. I'm, people, I'm not even but, gonna
1: tell you until it's time. Well the hell am I gonna watch it? I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Just like the Rocketeer
0: in the 20s, I'll figure it out. Random Movie Club is a production of the Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our podcasts and videos at thegeekgeneration.com plus our live streams at twitch.tv slash TheGeekGeneration. Don't forget, you can support Random Movie Club by visiting our Patreon campaign at TheGeekGeneration.com slash support. As always, thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolfsten Music for our theme song. A link to his site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we'll discuss Unbreakable. See you then.